Hello everyone, Tyler here. Send help, all we have in the Desert is Beer and Movies podcast contains explicit language and covers rated R movies. So, listener discretion is advised. Hello, this is Alan Rickman. (laughs) (laughs) This is Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Have you seen that episode of Family Guy where they call Alan Rickman's voicemail and he's like, hello, this is Alan Rickman. You know they Please had to have gotten her. to someone in the office oh, yeah. to do the fucking yeah. impression. Jesus. Well, I mean, it obviously was not actually Alan Rickman, but, you know, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. They call it like three times just to hear the voice. Yeah. What? Oh, no, just, this is a very bright can, like loud rather. Oh, I like it a lot. I like I'll it lock it. Okay. We are yeah, punch happy right now. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, hello. Welcome hello. to Send Help. All we have in the desert is Beer and Movies Podcast. That's Tyler. And that's Kefe. And it's the middle of the week. And you guys just got the podcast that we released last week. And who knows when this one's going to come out. But you know what? Surprise. We just like keeping you on your toes <laughs> to our three listeners. And, and it's not just me being lazy. <laughs> That's probably like 20% of the reason. Don't close his tail. <laughs> well, then he needs to decide which one he would in or out, huh? And Off of course. my notes. Off. Oh, God. Come on. Come <laughs> I'm gonna tell mom. Oh, Alright, I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I will say this straight up before we get started with the beer, with the movie. We are reviewing a movie this week that is one of the biggest mind fucks that I have ever ever <laughs> experienced. And it is called Coherence. So I'm just gonna tell you right now that if you have not seen the movie Coherence, turn this podcast off. Go on to Amazon Prime and watch it for free with your Prime membership. Do it and then come back. Because the shit that we are going to talk about will make absolutely no fucking sense to you if you've seen the movie or not. (laughs) This is definitely... So if for some chance you haven't paused it to go watch it yet, it's a heavy spoiler warning right now. And this is definitely one of those movies where you want to watch it before you listen to this. Unspoiled. Yes. And it's also a movie that you maybe don't want even, to watch a second I mean, time. Watch it watch stuff. it once. Decide if you want to watch it again because you probably missed something because I know I did. I watched it for a second time at my desk today after watching it this weekend for the first time. And um you'll catch stuff. Yeah. You'll catch stuff and be like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> like constantly. Like my poor receptionist is like, you good in there? <laughs> anyway, so before we get too much into that, like we said, if you're still listening and have not paused and watched the movie Coherence on Amazon Prime, go watch it. Now, turn this off. Come back to us while we discuss the mind fuck that is the movie. We'll, but before, we'll even pause for a second just for you to go do that. Just so you can think about if you want us to spoil it for you or not. And I would t- I would just let you know that you don't want us to spoil this movie for you. Because yeah. we will not do it justice because we're fucking amateurs. <laughs> but this movie is the definition of a mind fuck. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're pausing. Three, two, That wasn't pausing. One. You got to give it a moment Rest of silence. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get into the mind fuck that is coherence, let's talk about the beer. Which isn't quite the mind fuck that the movie is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Tups. Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what I expected, but... Uh... All right, so this is uh, another why one do, of the Tufts. Why do they keep foaming? They're just sitting in our fridge. Mine didn't foam at all. Yeah, it did. I watched it. Like, not that much, though. Not enough to spill out of the can. Anyway. Uh, this one is another Tufts brewery uh, from the pack that I got down in Texas. Uh, this one's called Neon Shades. It's their seasonal. Sure. Okay. I don't see... We're just seasonal. It says it on the box. Oh. This one is not featured oh. on the box, but it says, look and see what our seasonal is, which makes sense because it's definitely a summer beer. Holy shit. Yeah, for real. Summer it is the middle of January. With passion fruit and orange and guava. Yes. Okay. Let me uh, see. <laughs> That'll make your leg sure. Oh my God. What the fuck? It is packed with electrifying tropical <laughs> fruit and a sour punch that'll make your legs shiver. Okay. Neon Shades is refreshing, fruit forward, and will make you feel as if you've been sitting by the beach in Vegas. But there is no beach in Vegas. There's actually a lot of beaches in Vegas. At some of the pools. I think that's I think that's their them trying to be funny. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But a lot of the pools have like sand and try to emulate a beach. Can the you thing... get off my fucking notes? <laughs> I will fucking punt you across this room. Dang. I think uh, the weird thing for me is why are they mentioning Vegas when they could be mentioned like Padre? Yeah, or Port Aransas or Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. You know, a place in Texas that has a beach that's that actual beach that isn't total shit. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, so the malt profile has a body of 1%. The fruit flavors is 4 out of 5 of passion fruit, 2 out two of orange and 3 of guava, and it's a 3 sour level, which it's yeah, actually it's, tart. it's actually one of the more sour sours that I've ever had. It's it's quite it's quite tart, like you said. Like if you told me this was made with lemons, I would totally believe you. Yeah. Without even a second thought. This is definitely it's very, pretty it's, fucking citrusy. It's very, very, very tart. Uh, it's not bad, though. Not Parker says he likes it. I He grabbed the third one oh. and um, tried it before I came upstairs while I was cleaning up Alabama's pee because she fucking went almost two weeks without having an accident in the house. And then all of a sudden, today there was three. And I'm like, oh, you... You know, it's very in character for something named Alabama. What, to pee on the floor? Or just to have accidents out of nowhere. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. I'm not sorry to all the people in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> or those select few who may be named Alabama. Yeah. So Tupps Brewery, their sour pale or their sour ale called Neon Shades. It's, I mean, it's not extraordinary. It's pretty, pretty mid of the way. This like, would definitely be like third of the party would probably like it. Yeah. The other two thirds would be like... I want something a little bit more beer-esque. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really taste like a beer. Yeah. It kind of tastes like a lemon juice. Yeah. It's like a lemon cider. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not terrible. I'd drink it if it were there. 
I'd probably drink it. I'd at least have one. Yeah. It's uh, only 5.2 ABV. Good starter beer. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a, like, I think, I think we would probably feel different if it were 99 degrees outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. This would probably be a little bit more refreshing. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. I mean, case. we're probably choosing the wrong time to Yeah. It's this. 50 degrees it's, outside. Yeah. And it's the middle of January in the desert, the West desert. So it's a uh, high desert. Yeah. It's, um. It, we, maybe we'll give it another shot in the summer and see see what happens. Like maybe we'll when we're down there visiting, we'll yeah, pop down the we'll see if we'll see if it's a it's if it's if it's available. But as a sour goes, it's not bad. I would I would drink it if I saw it in a in a cooler at a party. I'll give it a I'll give it a three point seven. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll give this like a a four. I I definitely like this beer a bit mm-hmm. um yeah yeah solid yeah. four for me yeah we'll try it again in the summer tups it's not bad don't get us wrong Just it's, it's like drinking time. you know hot mold wine in the summer mm-hmm. it's obviously not the time to be doing that right right no not bad at all so neon shades by tups brewery uh give it a shot if you see it definitely if, it especially if you like sours because it. it holds up to the name sour oh yeah so Okay, you ready to get the into this fucking mind fuck? Like my See, my brain has I, been thoroughly fucked. I'm finally I'm I'm finding it very funny because I'm like you know, eight years removed from my initial viewing of this movie, and I'm not having the same. I didn't have the same reaction as you. Like well, you I thought had it was, seen it before. Did you have the well, reaction? Not, Did you have that reaction when you first saw it? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is the first time I saw it, which was like eight or nine years ago now. Well, it came out in 2013. Yeah, so eight years, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like I thought it was, you know, that impact was there, but I'm like, that was cool. I didn't think I was like mind fucked or anything like that. No, I, I think I don't think I was as mind fucked the first time. The I think after time. after watching it again today, I was definitely like wow, wow, you really have to be paying attention because this movie, like you like you mentioned, was, or to me previously, was only a $50,000 budget. Yep. And it was filmed at the director's house oh. in five days. All right. And the reason why was because he wanted to use his house, but his wife was eight months pregnant and she wanted to have a home birth. And so she was like, yeah, you can shoot this movie here, but you have to get it done in five days because this baby's coming any day now. (laughs) And sure enough, the last scene, when Em is out doing her thing, the wife is giving birth. (laughs) Like... (laughs) not kidding like i read up on this movie quite a bit this today because it just totally boggled my mind and that was one of the facts and i was like oh well there's that <laughs> that's hilarious yeah like I, I knew i already knew that the budget was so low but i i didn't know about the short uh production time yeah well, that makes sense for a very small budget you don't want to be going for weeks and weeks and weeks right with only 50 grand Right. And when, you know, what we thought was that it was probably largely improvised, it was. Yeah. It was extremely improvised. Every day, the ca- each cast member was given a paragraph that only they could see, and that was all they had to go off. So that, that's how they did all the different iterations right. of the people. Okay. Right. 
That makes sense. Yeah. I was just like, yep, called that. <laughs> so brief, like, few sentence synopsis. Um, a group of friends are having a dinner party. Uh, and there's, you know, your typical fucking bitch that you hope, you know, like, if anybody's going to die in this movie, I hope it's her. But nobody dies, so. Okay. Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> I just want to point that out because I'm going to I'm gonna call her a bitch a lot. Uh, Wait, can you fucking not? That night, a comet is going over and they just think it's this. Miller's oh, Comet. Okay, yeah, Miller's Comet is flying over. They just think this is some cool astronomical thing that's happening. Over the course of the night, strange things start happening, and they start to realize that all the different possibilities uh, or different versions of the dinner party that night are starting to mingle with each other. And it's kind of how the group figures it out, or deals with it, rather. That's kind of what the last, like, half to two-thirds of the movie's about. Right. I mean, if you're familiar with the concept of Schrodinger's cat... Just think of that. So the, I have a problem with that. <laughs> why? Because it's only fifty percent. Because it's a it's a very 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 surface level explanation, and I understand. Well, I know, but it's a surface level explanation that helps the layman who is not astrophysically physically inclined, Mister Scientist over here. Me, I could tell you all about history, but when it comes to science, I'm like, duh. So. But it's like, I am familiar with the concept of Schrodinger's cat. So that helped me understand what was going on okay. a little bit better. So what uh, what this movie is kind of based off of is a particular interpretation of quantum mechanics. You have the broadly used one, which is the whole, you know, everything is kind of a probability until it's observed and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And then you had the mini worlds theory, which is what this one's based off of where, you know, whatever you observe, every other possible observation value that you could have gotten splits off into a new universe. Right. And so you have all these different probabilities, par yeah. uh, parallel universes, right. Splitting off constantly. Right. Um, I'm going to have you read something. Yeah, it makes sense. So the last fact on there is talking about uh, quantum coherence, quantum coherence and decoherence uh, and how in the movie they're using those terms exactly backwards. Right. Coherent is basically your state. Uh, what they say is uh, decoherence is your stable state and coherence is where things kind of meld together. It's the other way around in uh in quantum mechanics typically when you're talking about things being meshed with each other or being um grouped with one another they're called entangled uh things that's like when you hear scientists talk about quantum entanglement that's what they're talking about okay but coherent states are basically the bottom line stable state um decoherence is when the probabilities split apart right so okay yeah. All right. Interesting. Yep. yep. There's your science lesson for the day, kids. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I t I've taken a couple <laughs> classes on. Yeah. I could I could take a <laughs> I could take a, a note out of uh, Ben Kissel's Ben Kissel's thing, and he's like, "We've got a nerd alert. We've got oh a nerd God. alert." <laughs> like, I gotta be able to you know use my physics degree at some point because my current job doesn't allow me to. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, so it starts out with this woman on the phone. 
And it's that that's the really the first strange occurrence. She's on the phone with her boyfriend. They're both going to the same dinner party, but they're going separately. And she's talking to him. She loses him for a second. And then they finally get back on the phone. He's like, oh, I think we need to, you know, talk about something. And she's like, is this something that we need to talk about right now? Loses him again. And then while the phone is up to her face, her screen just shatters. And luckily it didn't cut her or anything. It was just like, it was just like one of those things where, you know, if you like have an iPhone without a case or any phone without a, without a case, really, if you drop it and it hits just right, your screen's going to shatter. Yeah. And that's kind of what her phone looks like i mean this is like 2013 so it's like an iphone 4 this is so yeah this is something that happens elsewhere in the movie as well right right Um, but it's important that when it happens again because of we'll talk about it yeah but um so she's like okay well that was weird whatever but she is aware of the comet and she is aware that weird things could happen because of the comet so my question to you was that the first instance of an interaction with another version? I don't know because so, she, it cuts. So like every signal. so the first the first twenty minutes of this movie when they're at the dinner party and they're just kind of chit chatting around the dinner table, it has really choppy. It's a very cuts. distinct. You can style. tell that this had a low budget. Yeah. Like let me just let me just put that out there. But I will say that no matter how low the budget was. The actors are fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. That's great. There is not one actor that I think could have done better. I think that they were all great. And I think that they improvised well. And none of them are bad actors. And I only recognized one person. And that was Mark. Mike. I just watched this film. I could not tell you any. Well, except for like Hugh. I think it's Mike. And M and all of them. Yeah, I think it's Mike. And bitch Laurie. That bitch, Lori. That stupid fucking twat. Let's see. I think it's Mike. I think his name's Mike. As far as like interpersonal relationships go, Lori is like a huge instigator into just causing trouble. Yeah. Which is why we think she's a bitch. Yeah, which is why I really like Beth. Because Beth is like always on top of her. Like yeah, always calling her out for her bullshit comments and you're all that targeting stuff targeting me you're singling me out it's like yeah. because you're forcing me because to. you're being a skank <laughs> yeah. being a bitch right right so but i think i think that what is happening with these weird cuts that mm-hmm. you know like the scene like they're in the middle there is basically the middle of the scene and then all of a sudden the screen goes black and then they're back and yeah. while they're it's obviously that they're in a different whatever i think that what it is is that it's cutting to different scenarios I but so I actually so I think with uh, when they're just sitting at the table before shit starts kicking off and it's cutting around. I think there's some of that, but I don't think every cut is like that because um, the conversation is coherent. Yeah. Well, I so I highlighted this one thing. It says the blackout cuts used in scene transitions are strategic, strategically placed. The filmmakers have implied that it has something to do with the fracturing of realities and fit certain rules. Act one ends with Kevin, who is played by Maury Sterling, discovering the duplicate note and the blackout cut is not used to transition into the beginning of act two because it doesn't fit the rules. Hmm. So that's interesting. So I think that also kind of solidifies my theory that every time the screen goes black, at that point in time, each scenario is the same. 
Okay. So each of the five million that they come up with when there's really actually more. Yeah. Every single one of those scenarios is the same when they're all sitting around the dinner table. I think it changes when the lights go out and they all decide to go outside. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because the other thing is, is the events that take place are not always in the same order or at the same exactly. time. Exactly. So they're all sitting at the dinner table. It's, let's see, Hugh and Beth are married. Mm-hmm. Mike, I'm going to just continue to say Mike and I will look and see if I'm right. Mike yeah. and Lee are the owners of the home. Yeah. They're Mike. married. And Kevin and M are in a relationship. Yep. And then Amir and Lori are in a relationship. But Kevin and Lori used to date. And apparently it's a common trend in this friend group for Amir to basically get Hook Kevin's up with, sloppy seconds. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And sloppy seconds is a good way to put how Lori is. <laughs> um, but it starts out with Em walking into the kitchen after her phone shatters, and she's like, you know, I had Kevin on the phone, and this happened. Mm-hmm. And her phone is shattered, and they're like, oh, well, that's weird. And then Lee, who is a developer for Skype, is like, oh, did you get that Skype app I told you about? Like, she just, like, doesn't even care about the phone. She's just worried about the Skype app because mm-hmm. she helped develop it. And, um, and then Beth is like, Hey, did you, uh, did you hear that, uh, Lori's coming? And you know, the kitchen gets quiet for a second. And then all of a sudden Beth is like, you want some of my concoction? It's got ketamine in it. Yeah. She's like, she's like, Oh yeah, it's got. It's got like this, elderflower this, uh, and you know a little valerian root and you know a little and bit then of very ketamine. quietly and some ketamine <laughs> <laughs> and they're like ketamine that that's a horse tranquilizer <laughs> that's some fucking like yeah um that's some and that that becomes a little bit important later it's not like super important but a little bit important it's actually it comes up two more times yeah. in a big way right yeah one because they all think that they've been drugged because all this crazy shit happened and they're like maybe it's a group hallucination right and they they i mean emma's very very graceful about the way she asks beth you know because they're they're freaking out about what's happening because they're kind of coming to terms with what's happening and uh emma's like i have to ask and i'm sorry if i'm out of line but did you put that in our food because it would have been and amir says it he's like it would be a really nice explanation right now that yeah. you put ketamine in our food and all of a sudden all of us are hallucinating the same thing. And she's like, there is so little ketamine in here that you would have to drink this entire tiny vial in order to even hallucinate just one person. Yeah. You know, it's such a little small amount. It's just mainly just to chill you out. You know, it's like it's like a it's like microdosing kind yeah. of. And so she shows the bottle. She's like, I didn't put this in your food. And, you know, so it's like it's a whole thing. But that's like halfway through the movie that that part happens. And then M uses it later to basically chloroform another version of herself. Is that what happens? Did yeah. I miss that both times that I watched the movie? Yeah, it, it's the version of herself that she puts in the car. No, I know that. But I did not notice that she had grabbed the ketamine and used it to chloroform herself. Yeah, she walked in and she grabbed the bat from outside, but... She walked in and went to the windowsill and grabbed the vial. Oh, I did. I missed out. that both times. Wow. 
I knew I knew that she had attacked and it was funny because every time she attacked herself I was like there's no way that just grabbing your face will knock you out that yeah, quickly. Yeah, she, she's got like a, yeah, a, a napkin, rag. Oh, a rag okay. or whatever. And, All right, yeah, I yeah. missed it. I missed Which that Which is times. weird because I don't think that's how ketamine works. It's and not. two, going back to what Beth had said. You um, would have to have a lot. You would have to have a lot. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so. I can hear that, by the way. Sorry, my burp. You can hear me itching my finger. Okay. <laughs> sorry. No, you're okay. Thanks for I letting me know. I can just hear this. That's okay. Thanks for letting me know. I'll do it away from the microphone next time. Um, but anyway, so dinner party talks about the comment. They decide to go out and look at it. And while they're looking at it, no, that's the ending scene. What's weird to me is that that's not how a comment would look. Unless it well, was I mean, it's obviously a computer generated oh, no, no, no. comment. The comment as it is portrayed in this movie is as if it is entering the atmosphere and breaking up. Comets, when they fly by Earth but don't interact with Earth itself, besides, like, you know, just being close, will just have that, you know, wispy tail and stuff like that. Would that, it last all night? Uh, yeah, because they, they're moving fast, but unless it's, like, really close, like, almost, like, within the moon's, like, orbit close... Actually, probably closer than that, like geosynchronous orbit close. It'll just kind of stay more or less in the same place in the sky. Well, because we're also rotating too. I know, but so much like how the moon is moving with the rotation, it would kind of be like that. Right. Typically, comets are so far away that they don't, it's not a noticeable movement. Hmm. They'd have to be very close for you to actually notice any movement like that. Interesting. And then. When they show it the last time, it's actually, like, breaking up and stuff. And it's a cool way to kind of visualize, hey, all these different versions are, like, going their own ways now. Right. But I'd be concerned because it's like, okay, this comet, which we have no idea how big it is. Is right there. Is right there burning up in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So it's going to stay. It's going to impact if it's big enough. Yeah, well, they will like while they're at the while they're at their dinner party, they're talking about other comments. You know, they're talking about they keep saying Haley's comment, which really frustrates me. Well, they they talked about Haley's comment. I know, but it's Hallie. It's Hallie's comment. Okay. Anyway, um, the guy's dead. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> um, but Lee makes a statement. You know that when Hallie's comment happened. They did a play at her school, and her sister got to play Hallie's comment, and. She points to a picture of her sister. She's like, oh, there's a picture of my sister over there on the mantle. And Beth, this is when her hippie kind of comes out. I mean, you see that Beth's kind of a hippie throughout the entire movie. Yeah. She's like, why do you have her over there? It's like feng, sh feng shui, you know, you know, there's door like this, nowhere. there's this random door to nowhere and you don't, you know, you, if there's somebody that you're estranged with, you put the, the, the picture over by the door to nowhere and it'll help fix it or whatever. Well, no, it's just a natural thing that people apparently do because they have unresolved feelings right but it's not really a door to nowhere it's a door to their back patio but yeah, they never door. they never seem to use it and it's mentioned at the end in the end scene where he's like why don't we ever use this patio you know and lee's like well we never have comments <laughs> <laughs> and uh so this door is very rarely used and 
So when Beth, it is used... Beth immediately feels like weird about the door. She's like, I don't really like this door. It's weird. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just in a weird spot. I don't know, whatever. Well, um, I mean, it does get used. Yeah. It just gets used in ways that freak them the fuck out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she moves a picture of her sister. They're sitting down. They're talking. And there's also this weird, weird point in time where you may realize that maybe somebody's there that shouldn't be there. And that's when they're talking about Roswell, the okay. show Roswell. And so that's when I think that maybe people have moved is when they're talking about that because okay. Mike's character is an actor who was in Roswell, but Lori's like, I've seen every single episode of Roswell and I don't recognize you. And like, everyone's like, he was the main character. Right, right. <laughs> and she's like, but I, you know, I love that show. I don't recognize you at all. And maybe it's just because, you know, you see the somebody on screen and then you meet them in person and it's just not computing. So there's just like, there's always like those random little offhanded comments where you're like, who isn't supposed to be here? Especially, yeah. at, especially the second time you watch the movie where you're like, hmm, who's gone outside? <laughs> yeah, because the first time you watch this movie, you don't know what's coming. Right. You, you kind of understand from like probably the synopsis or trailer that you watched that there's some weird fuckery going to happen, but right. you don't... There's a very clear moment in the movie where it's very much in your face, like shit is now happening. Right. If but there was a, a fan, it would be shit all over it. But there is a slow buildup to that point where stuff could happen. Right. And so and you uh, this catch is, that stuff on the second time around. You know, the first 20 minutes, kind of slow. Camera work is super choppy. It's the only place that they have more than two cameras is at the is while they're at the table. And they have like a over the table shot and then they have a, a couple... camera moving around. And the, the, the thing is, the thing with improv is that the actors are able to do whatever the hell they want. So it's kind of hard to for the camera person to know what to follow. So yeah. it shows it shows um, the the other thing that really shows that it's improv and not like scripted dialogue is the fact that there are mistakes. There are natural just kind of flubs that would yeah, happen in stumbles and yeah yeah but it also it also helps you realize or it also helps you kind of uh engage with them a little bit more yeah you it, know it, it we, sounds more natural right when it. you when you watch movies and you know that it's scripted and you know that maybe this took this take you know took three or four times maybe even more or it's split between a couple different takes. right right or there's a camera that goes between the characters that are talking to each other it's it, it's you can tell that this is very scripted. The, the camera, the camera people, the two camera people had a lot of work to do. The other thing is, is like there are witty retorts to things, but not everything that could be retorted to has a good retort. Right? No, it's funny. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> one is when they're talking about the comets and. Um, M, who has a weird knowledge of a bunch of comets that have happened. She's yeah. just talking about the one that happened in like 1923 over Finland. Uh -huh. And she calls the police, the woman in Finland in 1923 calls the police and is like, you need to come here. The man in my house is not my husband. So the cops get there and her husband is there. And she's like, this man is not my husband because I killed my husband yesterday. But they couldn't do anything about it because... Her husband yeah. was right there. And Mike's 
comment is, well, how lucky is she? She gets to kill the man twice. And I <laughs> love that. I was dying both times. Like, I was like, that is so funny. He is. <laughs> and the guy who plays Mike, if you guys watch, um, like, cop dramas or anything like that, he plays the man who falls in love with Penelope Garcia in Criminal Minds. I had to look it up because he just looked so familiar and it's been so long since I watched Criminal Minds but I was like, ooh, I know that face. I know who that is. Um, he also played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer from like 96 to 2003 or something like that. See, that's where I recognize yeah. him from. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't watch Buffy growing up, but... I, you know, the, the, you know. I didn't either, but because I had heard such good things about Buffy, I went back and watched it myself. Mm-hmm. And it is really good. I've heard I've heard good things. It's very nineties. Yeah. But it's really good. Well yeah. 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 But and then all of a sudden the lights go out. And Beth in her feng shui is like, Oh my god, stay away from the door to nowhere. And yeah. they all and they all start lighting candles. And Mike asks Kevin, do you have matches? And Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, I have matches. Here we go. Cool. Whatever. They light all the candles. And then that's when they decide that they're going to go outside and see if the rest of the block is is out as oh, well. Oh, the glow sticks. Yeah. Oh, yep, the glow sticks. <laughs> Mike has boxes of glow sticks. For some reason. For some reasons. And he has red, green, and, and blue. blue. And they're all labeled with like handmade labels, right? By the way. And they're they're very important. Yeah. The glow sticks are important. The first house that you see, they're using blue glow sticks, mm-hmm. and for the majority of the time, you think you're staying in the blue glow stick house. Yeah. <laughs> However, they all decide, or like some of them decide to go outside, and Amir and Hugh. Amir, yeah, Amir and Hugh. And fun fact about Amir. Amir is a co-writer of the film, hmm. and he was brought in to kind of make sure that the that the cast stayed wrangled to bring mm. them back on track because it was improv. So he was like, okay, let's get back here. It's a yes yeah. and, but he's the no but. Right, yeah. Um, well, Hugh, before the lights go out, he's like, you know, my brother, he teaches this stuff, this stuff at a university somewhere. And he said that if anything weird were to happen, to give him a call. Well, there's no cell phone service. There's no internet. There's half the, like, two phones are cracked. At this point, Hugh's phone is cracked as well. And so it's Q and M's phones are cracked. Mm -hmm. And so they look out and they see that a house about two blocks down the way has light. So Hugh is like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go and ask them if I can use their phone. See if they have a landline. Ten minutes tops. So him and Amir leave. And then at this point, everybody's kind of freaking out. You mm-hmm. know, the between the comet talk, the lights going out, whatever. And they're just talking amongst themselves. And then all of a sudden, a huge bang. Like, knock, 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 knock. Comes Open from those, the, yeah, yeah, comes <laughs> from the side door. Mm-hmm. that the, the door to nowhere. And... Lee is like, Mike, go get the bat, go get the bat. And so he goes and gets the bat, gives it to Kevin. Kevin looks outside. He's like, there's, there's no one, there's no one here. Yeah. So whatever. Cool. Great. No one there. Just a weird random occurrence. Well, then Amir and Hugh come back. Well, they, they knock on the door and they freak out again. And then Kevin goes to the door and is like, 
Oh, it's these guys. Right. Right. So Hugh has blood coming out of his eyebrow. Which you never learn why he has that. No, yes, he does. Yes, you do. What? He says that when he looked into the house Uh and saw what he saw, he got frightened, fell, and bumped his head. He explains Uh, that later. Okay. That must have been Um, a throwaway line that I just didn't catch. Yeah. So, because I was curious about it too, and I caught it today. Um, He comes in, his eyebrows cut open. Everybody's like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) You know, what is going on here? And then they have the box. And then they have this box. And how they have the box is Amir thought that he saw Hugh put it down and fall and then run away with it or whatever. Something like that. So he picked it up. And what I think he saw was that dimension's Hugh Mm -hmm. putting it there. I think that that's what he saw. Yeah. And so he goes and picks it up and brings it back to the house. And they're like, Hugh is having a hard time gathering himself to explain what happened. And what he says he sees when he looks inside the house is Mike and Lee's house. Mm -hmm. So they walk two blocks and he says that he looked inside the house and he saw the inside of the house that he just left. And he, and he's still just kind of confused. He's like, this sounds very crazy. So I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck I just saw. But right. And also it makes, we have to make note that when they walk in after the lights go out for the first time, after everybody else walks in and they decide, before they decide that Hugh and Amir are going to go down to the other house, they walk into their house and all of a sudden one of the glasses on the table is broken. Mm -hmm. It wasn't broken before. It's a very distinct glass. It is. It's like a weird goblet, almost green tinted glass and And it's it's, it's broken. Which is important. But anyway, go on. Uh, I, I, I don't. Hugh. We're yeah. talking about Hugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugh's trying to come to terms with this. And because he... I don't think at that point he had said anything about what he had seen. He just was kind of tight-lipped about it. Yeah. He's like, I looked in and I saw this. You know, he just points to the table and this is what I saw. Yeah. Um... He eventually gets it in his mind, like, hey, I'm going to go leave a note. Like, hey, just want to, you know, use your phone. Don't mean to scare you guys. And he just finishes writing the note when they hear a knock on the door. Well, they, they, they're like, a big guy's outside. Yeah, big guy's outside. And they're about to open the door, and they open the door, and he's not there anymore. But on the door is the note that he just wrote. The exact note that he just wrote. And that's when they're starting to get clued in, like... What the fuck? What the fuck is happening? Right. Yeah. So then they open the box. (laughs) And inside the box is... What's their item? What's the item in the first box? Ping pong paddle. It's a ping pong paddle. Thank you. A ping pong paddle and an envelope full of pictures of them with numbers on the back. Yep. And the first time I saw it, like the first time I watched this this weekend, I thought that maybe it was like the order in which they were going to die. Like, I'm not kidding. I I was like, this movie is going to end with this entire fucking dinner party day. I knew it. (laughs) See, I couldn't remember what the numbers were for because it it has been years since I've seen this movie. I just remember really liking it. So that's why I suggested it. But, you know, it's pulls out. She pulls it out. There's a one. There's a four. There's a five. There's two. And then there's another four. 
which I was like, oh, those two die together. Oh, those those two die together. What the oh, fuck? No. Yeah, right. I seriously, I totally went there. I was like, oh, somebody marked them. They're dying. Oh, they did. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. And I couldn't get that out of my brain until the scene later when they, you know, actually explain what happened. So I couldn't tell you the numbers, but. So this is also later on in the movie. This is when you realize how just out of whack the timelines and all the different right right what happens in this timeline while at the beginning it may seem like they're all on the same timeline i don't i think that eventually they get off of the timeline because i think that them going outside fucked up the time well it did yeah the the only way basically the only winning move is not to play if you stay in the house you're fine right which some of the universes did and in fact the only two people who are shown to pretty much never leave the house are lee and Beth. beth yeah because and I'm on their side. If something like this happens, I'm not fucking leaving the house. Yeah. And I'm not letting anybody else leave the house. They might go outside to, like, look at the comet or whatever, but they're not, like, leaving they're the property. They're not walking into the obvious dark mass that is in the middle of the fucking street. Because yeah. they mention that there is a part of the street that is darker than the rest, it seems. Mm-hmm. And later in the movie, the way that M explains it is actually very it's very simplistic and it makes you help. It helps you understand. She says the second that you walk in, it's like almost you're put in like a roulette wheel. Yeah. And also what I think of is the second hunger games mm-hmm. when they're in that clock thing where, wherever you are, when the siren goes off, the walls come up and whatever happens in your slot is what happens to you. Yep. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I thought. When she, when I started understanding what was going on, she's like, "You walk into this black mass, and unless you're wherever with somebody, you, unless you're with people from your house, no one you're gonna meet from then on is probably from your right. place." Right. It's so it's so weird, but it's also weird that when they do come out in the dim- in the dimensions or time that they're not supposed to be, that all of a sudden until the very end that person they're replacing them mm-hmm. that that person is also gone from that dimension so you're just basically replacing them and when you think about it because you basically have a just about infinite number of universes there could be a kind of linear well it could be that you are actually unlucky if you go to one that already has one of right. you because there's so many people coming and going at any given point that if you encounter a universe that has more than one of the same person then uh you're actually stumbling on to like a pretty rare occurrence right yeah no it's 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 crazy so the f- they go outside to investigate i think it's uh lori bitch it's lori kevin my kevin and m and m that's just those four. Yeah, it's just those four. And they decide to go to the house because Amir and Hugh, they're like, we're, we already went. It's a, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's their turn. So they walk up and Mike's like, this is my house. And they're like, this isn't your fucking house, Mike. Like, we just walked two blocks. <laughs> this isn't your house. And he's like, no, no, no. This is my fucking house. I've lived here for I've however. lived here for years. And I know what my house looks like. So he walks up. He looks in the window and he sees Lee mm-hmm. and... Lee and M, I think. Lee and M, okay. And so he's like, okay, but M's with me. So how the fuck am I seeing M in the house? And so he's 
frightened, mm-hmm. obviously. And they're like, okay, well, let's just go back. Yeah. So they start going back, and as they start going back, they see them. It's also important to note that they're all wearing or holding glow, glow sticks. sticks. They're they're holding blue glow sticks. And the group that they see across the street is them, the same four, but with red glow sticks. Red glow sticks. And they just sit there and stare at each other for about 10 seconds. And then the people with the red glow sticks start running. Yeah. And so the people with the blue glow sticks are like, well, you're running that way. We're running this way. Yeah. Like, bye. <laughs> my, my favorite with Mike is he just... Is at some point he's just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to go kill the other person. Right. Because at this point they only think that there's one other version of themselves. The red glow stick version. The red glow stick yeah. version. Right. And that's it. And that's That's it. all they think. Yep. But After they... a while you start to realize that there's a lot more. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay. We had three different colors, so maybe there's three. And then they start realizing what the numbers and pictures are for. And so they start doing the math, and just from the glow sticks and the numbers in the uh, box, you have over five million different pop- right. possibilities. Right, but they don't take in, like you said, they don't take into account the objects in which they can also put in the box. Yeah, they insist on putting a kind of random uh, item in there as kind of a code. So that's how they mark their houses. Yeah. That's what happens, is that if you wander outside for whatever fucking reason after you figured it out after you figured it out don't go fucking go outside yeah what what would be the point right so after you figured it out if you happen upon a house just open up this box and see if it has your your picture with the number that you got and the object that your group decided that they were going to put in that box that's how you would differentiate the box that you were in the right place. But see, you would also have to memorize the numbers of everybody else, too, because just your number is not enough. Right. The probability is small enough to where it could happen in multiple. Well, you have a near, if not infinite, amount of universes, so all the co- different combinations of the dice rolls are going to be there. Right. And so you're entirely dependent on the uh, random item which there are only so many items in that house. Right. So, your whatever item they end up choosing, I bet there's one where it's that fucking ring that she has. Right. I bet in one of those universes, that's an item that they throw in there because mm-hmm. they'd probably be like... Well, she doesn't get that ring until after they do the box, so maybe not. But they know of the box before she goes with the ring. So yeah. she could be like, oh, I have something that's not yours that, you know, yeah, that's unique that to breaks me. down the. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When is it? Do you think that M realizes that she is not in the dimension in which she started? Um, for sure. When she sees Kevin at the uh, at her car. That's when she at least gets the first inkling. She nails it when she realizes that the numbers don't match when she looks at it so i think that when she sees kevin at her car so what happens is is hugh's wife beth is like your brother left a book at my house Mm -hmm. and i put it in an envelope to mail to him it's in the back of the car so this is pretty close to the beginning of when they start figuring out what's happening this book helps them figure out what's happening Mm mm-hmm and after it's after the group has come back and they're like we saw us but with red glow sticks and beth and lee are like you're fucking crazy um, <laughs> yeah beth and lee at this point they've just got to think they've that, never left the house 
Beth and the Beths and the Lees of each dimension seem to be the only ones who stay in their proper dimension. Yeah, you never see them wandering right. around. So, and the reason why they know this is because sometimes Lee took a nap and sometimes Beth, Beth took, took a, a nap. nap. Right. So, Q goes out and grabs the book. And then they that's when they that's when the Schrodinger's cat thing comes up. That's when all that comes up and the probability and statistics and blah 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 blah. But this comes is up. basically where you learn that there's some quantum mechanical stuff right. involved. Right. Which <laughs> snore, sorry. But wow. <laughs> hey, look, you got that brain, I didn't. Eh. Anyway. Um, it, it's really interesting when you figure out how it actually applies to real life. Mm-hmm, of course mm-hmm. the fucking lecture is gonna be boring. Mm-hmm. That's why math is a lot of is boring a lot of the time in schools because they don't teach you the why exciting this, parts of it. Yeah, they don't teach you like okay, well, what is the cool way you actually get to use this stuff in real life rather than oh, this is just you know how, how you, you do, do algebra. Yeah. It's like okay, well, how could you actually use it to do right? Cool the shit? theory sucks. The practical is fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they get the book, and that's when they start breaking down the different possibilities mm-hmm. you know mike looked in that house and saw lee but didn't see beth so beth must have been taking a nap in that reality so if that's the case then that reality does not know about the book because beth's asleep mm-hmm. so like at this point they still <laughs> think they still think that they're only dealing with two this them is true. and one another so they start formulating a plan of how to prevent that other group of them to from getting the book and this is when mike starts going hard oh yeah this is when mike starts kind of losing his grip he starts drinking the hard lemonade yeah yeah he's like he's like oh we got to prevent this you know i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get that book and everybody's like no you're no he he's like i'm gonna go kill him yeah yeah he's like i'm gonna go get that i you know I'm going to go get that mic because that mic is probably thinking that this mic is, you know, whatever. Yeah, like he, he starts, he starts going hard on, we have to destroy this other group, essentially. They are the evil twins. Yeah, they are the evil twins. And Mike is, they don't, they don't clearly say it, but he has been sober for quite some time. He doesn't drink, whatever. And so they talk Mike out of going and getting the book. They're mm-hmm. like, no, that's crazy. You cannot walk out there again. And Mike comes up to Kevin and he's like, I have an idea of how to make sure that they don't get the book. And Kevin's like, what are you talking about? He's like, blackmail. Mm-hmm. Something that only I know that I don't want anybody else to find out. And Kevin's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Beth, Beth. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody will we'll explain what that is here in a sec. But everybody here, except for Hugh, Beth's husband, knows exactly what he's talking what about. Mike is talking about. So um, <laughs> Kevin's like, no, dude, you're not fucking doing that. Like, you're not <laughs> you're not doing that. And so they all go into the kitchen and that's when they start talking about the ketamine. Mm-hmm. The 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 did you spike my food with ketamine? And nobody really even realizes that Mike is not there for that situation. But that situation lasts probably f- three to five minutes. It's not very long at all. I think Kevin says ten. Yeah. And then they walk back out and Mike walks in the door and Kevin's like, where where have you been? And he's like, I went to the other house. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to break the window. 
I, uh, I didn't do that though. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see him kind of unraveling a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I was over there for about a half hour. And Kevin's like, you were only gone for like five, 10 minutes. And Kevin's like, no, no, I was oh. gone for about 45 minutes. Yeah. At least, you know, there, I was over there for a while. And that's how you know. Yeah. And that's how a- you know that the, the timelines are not exactly parallel. And, and Kevin's like, no, (laughs) no, 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 you were not gone for 45 minutes. Um, and so ultimately I don't know if Mike actually ended up, that Mike ended up leaving the note. Eventually a note is left, but I don't know if it's that Mike, but anyway, this is when Mike decides it's not, it's not. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because M leaves. And when she has that interaction with Kevin, where she realizes you're not the Kevin that I know, she goes back, they do the numbers, they are not the same. And that's when she starts telling Mike, I don't think you and I are from this. Right. So uh, let me tell you when I think that M realizes that she is not the same. So in the first M is kind of like the She's the if if there was a main character, character, M would be the main character. Yeah. But it's all pretty even, mm-hmm. really, um, except for Lori, the twat. Um, Lee is pretty background too, and so is and Amir, Amir kind of is too, except for mm-hmm. his main interaction. Well, anyway, um, I think so. At the very beginning, before Lori and Amir, Kevin and Hugh show up, it's just Mike, M, Lee, and Beth in the kitchen. Beth picks up a plant and says, "This is so cute. Where did you get this from?" Mm-hmm. And Lee's like, oh, I got it from Galaxy, that thrift store down the way. And Beth's like, oh, my God, I love that place. Right. Well, in the reality that they that M ends up in, that interaction doesn't happen mm-hmm. until after the ketamine drug thing. Mm. So after after a... they had the conversation about Beth maybe drugging the food, which she didn't. Mm-hmm. She picks up the plant and says, this is so cute. Where'd you get it? And M. Er, Lee is like, oh, I got it at Galaxy at the thrift store. So it's hours after that first interaction. And I think that's when she first, re- like the interaction with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that's when she's like, oh, fuck. So I'm that, that not. That might have the part that I missed by going to the bathroom. Maybe. She's like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. That interaction with Kevin, maybe that Kevin isn't where he was supposed to be. And I think that that's maybe what she walked away from mm-hmm. when she was like, okay, you're not, you're not supposed to be here. I'm going back in the house. But also when she walks back in the house, she's like, oh, I went and got the ring. The Kevin in the house doesn't seem to have any recognition with well, the no, ring. No, he does. He's just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, he's also mad at her. Well, it's the other also, thing is, is she also mentions where it's from to the Kevin out uh, by the car, whereas um, she just says, oh, I just went to go get this ring out of my car. Right. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't think either Kevin remembered where it was from. Right. But because she jogged the memory of the one out by the car, he was like, oh. Right. And then she's cool. like, so what? why they were all outside was because they heard glass breaking. And so they were checking their and cars. And so they were checking their cars. And while she was checking her car... She grabbed the ring. And as she was getting out of her car, she interacts with Kevin. She's like, oh, I was getting the ring. You remember that day at the at the fair? And he's like, yeah, that was a good day. And she, like, hugs him. And she's like, well, is everything okay with Hugh's car? And he's like, yeah, what do you mean? And she's like, 
with Hugh's car. You guys were just checking it. And he looks at her like he has no idea what she's talking about. And then they both realize. Ah, fuck. (laughs) You're not the person I thought you were. (laughs) Right. So she backs up slowly, goes into the house that she's standing in front of. And then she's like, oh, I just went to go get the ring. Because she also just realized that she interacted with a Kevin that was not the Kevin that she thought she should be interacting with. But this is also where she starts getting an inkling of not all Kevins are the the same the same yeah there are better ones than others right (laughs) which is important (laughs) at the end um so that's when i think that that's when because that happens before the numbers Mm -hmm. is the plant thing and so when that plant thing happens after the ketamine talk the second ketamine talk (laughs) she's like wait a second i saw this interaction already a couple hours ago why did it just happen again yeah and so she's like oh fuck and then she also was like okay uh what numbers do we have and she opens the notebook that she had written them down in and it's different numbers in different ink right so the first numbers that when they first opened the first box that they opened yes the one that amir and Hugh had brought back to the house everything was written in red ink Mm -hmm. and when they decided to make their own box, she's like, well, since we're the blue house, should we do it in blue ink? So she does it in blue ink. And then Lee walks away after they're done and they think that everything's settled and they're like, hey, as long as no one leaves, we should be good. Lee's like, I wonder what the other, you know, I wonder what the other box's numbers were. And Em's like, oh, well, let me check. She opens up the, the, the notebook and everything's written in green. And they're different numbers. And they're different numbers. And she's like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then she also, uh, she remembers what the numbers were originally from hers. Well, she asks everybody. She asks everybody what they were. And then she also writes down the original ones that she remembers. And that's when Mike comes in, who at this point has started drinking. Right. And she starts explaining. She's like, okay, so only these people are from... This, where we are. Yeah, from this version. You, me... Um, and a couple other people, I can't remember. Uh, they're from somewhere different. Right. And Mike, honestly, the first time I thought he was going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. No, me too. But he just starts laughing. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. But let's, let's, let's backpedal here a little bit and talk about Hugh and Amir for a little bit, for a second. Oh yeah. (laughs) So that was also pretty funny. They're like, so the first time that Hugh and Amir leave and when they come back, they're like, okay, here's this box. The first box with the red letters mm-hmm. and all the pictures. There's a picture of Amir that nobody else has a picture of them of him. And he's like, oh, I'm happy all of you guys take pictures of your good friend Amir. <laughs> and uh, so they decide to take a picture right then and there. But in the timeline that they're showing, he hasn't had a picture taken yet. So yeah. he he's looking at the picture and he's like, um... This picture was taken tonight. And they're like, what are you talking about? He says, I bought this sweater today. Yeah. So this picture was taken tonight. And they're like, uh, the fuck? That's freaky. Yeah. And then they start being like, okay, well, what's in the background? Oh, you took it right right here. here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then once they decide to make their own box, they take a picture of him in the exact same spot. However, he is posed differently. So he's like, oh, it's a different, it's a different picture. So this is our box, whatever. Um, so Amir ultimately ends up being, you know, the white elephant, you know, it's, 
that's another thing. If you can't remember the numbers, look at your picture of a mirror. And if it's what you remember, then cool. But, um, but that's only if they got a box and saw pictures of a mirror before. Right. Cause then a mirror wouldn't know to pose differently. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's another possibility. The first, the first Amir and Hugh that come back to the house after the first time that they leave, they kind of start realizing that, um, Maybe they're not where they belong. Well, the the thing is, is they talk... Uh, the group of four comes back, and they mention how they saw another group of four with red uh, glow sticks. They've only opened the box with the blue glow sticks, and Amir and Hugh kind of go off into the side room, and they pull out red glow sticks. And they're like... Uh... The red, the red box isn't even, like, cracked open. Yeah, it's not open. And so they decide... To just cut their losses and they take the box and the book and everything and they just leave. leave. They take a moment of chaos and they use it to their advantage. They grab everything and they leave. And everybody's like, where the fuck? Yeah, they just, they realize the door closes. They're like, who the fuck just left? Right. So inadvertently, the blue house helped the red house. Assuming they went back to the same one. Right. Because then, because they were trying to prevent the Red House from getting the book. And then Amir and Hugh from the Red House were like, fuck this, I'm taking this book. (laughs) And and then... The book is important. The book is important. And then, eventually, the real Hugh and Amir show up, allegedly, because they have both red and blue glow sticks. They have blue glow sticks... And they're like, we're we're supposed to be here. We were at this place and we realized that maybe we weren't supposed to be here. And then they pull out red glow sticks and they're like, we stole it from their place so they would think that we belonged there. Uh, so it was like, okay, I don't... If you have blue glow sticks and you're supposed to be here, that, that's it. And see, the weird thing is, is after that point is when Hugh does the calculation for however many different things, how does he not at that point be like, how do I know I went back to the right one right because there's that's only a third of the possibilities a third of the possibilities you know if but also in the ending scene mm-hmm. the last scene the last house um they haven't even opened up the glow sticks nope well they so the last scene is basically the end of m has just decided she's like okay i'm never getting back to where i originally was so i'm gonna go find where I want to be. And so she goes to find a version of their, of the dinner party where they all never left. Right. They all like the power went out, but they just decided to continue hanging out. Right. And they I'm just assuming, lit some candles and vibed with the vibe. And I'm assuming nothing happened to them. <laughs> like there were no notes put on walls, slipped under, no knocks on the door or anything. They were a completely untouched version. Right. And that's when, uh, she goes in to basically take the place of that M. M. Right. But that's the end. We'll get there yeah. in a sec. So we got to go back to the thump on the door to nowhere. Mm-hmm. So that's when they start realizing that shit is whack. Because Yo. they think that he, the first Hugh and Amir that show up, they're like, did you fuck with this door? Mm-hmm. Did you fuck with this door? And they're like, no. You know? And no. And so... What had happened was is they went to the house down the street, which ended up also being the same house. And when they 
couldn't get an answer from the front door. They went to the side door and banged on that door. And then this dimension heard it. Hmm. But when they looked, there was no one there. Remember? I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I think but, it was another version of the knocked. So the original house, the house that they, the first scene that everything mm-hmm. is starting in, they hear that bang on the door. Yeah. Right. And Kevin goes to look and he's like, there's, there's nobody there. So they heard that bang on the door, but they didn't see Hugh there. But that would mean that would be the only instance where things intertwined. Well, things uh, went between two universes like that, where an interaction caused something to happen in another universe. That's the only time that that would have happened. Because they talk about, there is another instance where they talk about where I knocked on the side door and got no answer, and so I walked away. Right, but if in the amount of time that the bang happened and to the time that Kevin looked... It was only like a couple seconds. It was only a couple seconds. There's no way that he would have just knocked... Oh, there's nobody, and walked away. He I would feel have like there might have also been like a thing waited. where they were like, "We'll just, we'll knock on this door to distract him, or something like that." I can't remember, but that's the thing: is if what you're saying is true, then that means that's the only time that where, dimensions crossed. Well, that's the only time where something that was done in a different version affected another version. And I think that's what happened. I really do because. It could also be a continuity or like he was actually supposed to wait a little bit longer to give time for that Hugh to walk away. But Right. Can you imagine what would have happened, though, if he would have knocked on that door and waited and Kevin was the one who answered the door? What would have happened then? Yeah, because he's supposed to be there to ask to use the phone. Right. And he thinks he's he thinks it's a different house. Yeah. You know, as far as he's concerned, this is a, a house two blocks away. It's not it's not mike and lee's house it's a block it's a house two blocks away so what would have happened if he would have gone and knocked on the door and then he would have opened it and then he would have seen the house that he just left yeah it would have uh probably confused the hell out of him right right or or it was a linear timeline thing and a hue from another timeline did it at the same time that the hue from that timeline did and see, it see that's what i'm thinking happened yeah is everything that happens, the people who do it describe what happened later on. Right. And it's just a different time at which they did things. Because I think uh, it's kind of working off of the assumption that no matter what the events are... A lot of the events are going to be the same. A lot of the events are going to be the same, but because it's the same people coming to the same conclusions over and over and over again... They don't necessarily have to come to that conclusion at the same time or make a decision at the same time. Right. Because they're the same people, they're likely to make the same decision, but they don't have to necessarily make them at the same time. Right. So um, another part that makes me think that um, M realizes that she's not in the right dimension is not only the plant, but in the first time that the lights go out, mm-hmm. Kevin or Mike asks Kevin... Hey, do you have matches? Kevin's like, yeah, I got some matches. Well, about 10 minutes after the plant thing happens, the lights go out in the dimension that she's in, and Kevin, or Mike asks Kevin, hey, do you have matches? So it's like you're watching the same thing happen twice in two different timelines and realizing that M, i.e. the main character, is not where she's supposed to be. Yeah. 
There's also, uh, you're not even sure that this is the same M through the whole sh- uh, movie. Right. Because uh, there's also the uh, thing at the end. When he call, when he gets the call? When he gets the call, because she subdues a version of herself in the bathroom. Hold on, we'll get there. We'll get there. We okay. can't, we gotta, we gotta cover that last. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do that linearly. Okay. Okay. So, the version that M has, is in for the majority of the time, after she comes back from outside with the Kevin thing, mm-hmm. there is a few, a few tiffs. Between Kevin and M. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, is before the lights go out, before everything starts hitting the fan, they're like, hey, Kevin, tell a crazy story. And Kevin's like, okay. And he turns to M and he's like, I'm sorry, but I was dating Lori at the time. And he tells this story and M focuses on that. You know, after they do the, the, the dice probability and the object probability, she's like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I can't stop thinking about the fact that you told a story about when you were with Lori, when we have millions of stories. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sorry. We just don't have anything crazy like that. And she's like, oh, they're not crazy enough for you? Like, she kind of goes a little crazy girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, they went into this kind of already having some underlying issues. Because Lori, you know. Well, no, because Kevin is going to Vietnam for like nine months. Four months. Four months. And he's wanting M to come along, but she's like, I, that's way too long. Right. She's to on the fence about whether or not she should go with her. And, and they kind of explain that there's a, there's also another tift with it. Kevin goes into the hallway for some reason and Lori follows him mm-hmm. and Lori is like flirting with him mm-hmm. getting closer and closer and ends up kissing him yeah and he does the right thing I mean they, they he kisses back for a split second and then he's like no 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 and she's like I'm sorry I'm crossing all kinds of boundaries with you and he's like yeah yeah you are and walks away <laughs> well little do they know that Beth witnessed the whole thing and so Beth goes to M and is like, you know, you know, I think you're right that everything happens for a reason. And she doesn't exactly tell her what happens. And then M confronts Kevin about it. And Kevin is not forthright. He just says, you know, you know, just don't take Beth's word for it, pretty much. So M is kind of going crazy with this whole Lori thing. And Lori is just a fucking God. If anybody were to die, I wish it would have been her. Like, <laughs> I am not kidding. Well, um, see, what's funny is uh, there's a point in the movie where Lori just becomes just background. Yeah, imagery. she's not she's not at all important. Yeah, she has like so, barely any lines at all. So you want to hear something weird? Hmm. So when they're trying to when they're trying to understand what's happening and everything Lori is like have you ever seen the movie sliding doors when you know she's in like those those weird things where like one time she tries to get to the subway and get on the train but she's unable to she gets her hand stuck and then the next time she's able to mm-hmm. you know so she's talking about this movie sliding doors I had never heard of it before whatever I was listening to the last podcast on the left today about the hillside stranglers mm-hmm. Ben Kissel brings up sliding doors mm. I'm not kidding. I like 
almost slammed on my brakes and I was like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Apparently I need to watch this movie because now it's been brought up twice in one week. Even though I had listened to the Hillside Strangler episode multiple times, but now it's like, and see, whoa. I, I think a better uh, comparison to other media would be Quantum Leap. But, yeah. Which, if you haven't seen Quantum Leap, is basically a guy keeps jumping from person to person. Uh, it's like his soul or consciousness gets transferred to a new person. He looks like that person, uh, but he sees himself as himself. It's only when he looks in mirrors and stuff that he sees that he's a different person. Right. But he's constantly jumping from person to person trying to get back to himself. Right. Right. But yeah. So another thing that I want to point out is that when they they find the first box with the red letters, they, they notice that the picture of Kevin and M is the same picture just cut in half. Right. So my question is, is why didn't, when they decided to do it in the dimension that she was in, why didn't she just leave the picture intact? That would have been, that would have been a probability thing because she could have written the numbers on whoever, like it's a picture of the two of them. Yeah. She just write it on the side. She could just write it on the side of which that like I put, she could have left the picture intact. Like (laughs) that would have been a complete, you know, at, at least something. Something different than what, you know, what... <laughs> Goodness. Goodness. Oh, oh gosh. You're One jelly. of our desert creatures. I'm, de- I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. She's, <laughs> she can love you all she wants. One yeah. of our desert creatures is... Tyler is her favorite human. Yeah. That I- is for sure. I'm like the only person that she feels super comfortable like having Hi. Care, like hold her like a baby. Yeah. Hi, sweet girl. She'll let Parker do it, but not as long. Yeah. Definitely and then she'll not like as come, long. Like I'll be standing in the kitchen and she'll like get up on the table and just start meowing yeah, at me like yell at you. Fucking pet yeah. me. I'm here. I'm even at fucking like hand level. Come on. Right. Right. So <laughs> eventually in the dimension that they're following the closest, I guess. Um, Mike's letter to blackmail himself ends up there. Yeah. And what it is, is... It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. When Mike kind of... Mike's kind of a dick. Um, So Mike wrote a letter to himself and slid it under the door and says, you know, don't don't do it, Beth, 10 years ago, book club, or something like that. I think it was like some club that they went to. Yeah. And, uh... Q reads it and he's like, what the fuck is this about? You know? And Mike is, you know, you know, everybody kind of dodgy about it. And then everybody is like, you know, we thought you knew. We thought you knew. Yeah. He told us us you told you, or he told you. And Beth, and he goes, he turns to Beth and he's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, it turns out that 10 years ago, Mike and Beth had a little bit of a tryst. And this is obviously before Lee. Mm-hmm. I, it has to be before Lee because there's no way that Lee would be so okay with it. But she knows about it. She knows about it. Everybody knows about it except for Hugh. Hugh has no idea that his best friend and his wife slept together 10 years ago. And so that's when he finds out. <laughs> and you can go ahead and talk about your favorite uh, part. Sorry. No, so this is, I understand why Mike, it's your favorite part. It's hilarious. Mike is pretty drunk at this point. 
and he's trying to kind of explain because after this point, this is when M has told Mike, "Hey, we're not even from the same universe, much less the one we're in now." And so Mike takes it to being, "Oh, Hugh, you shouldn't be mad at me. You should be mad at the version of me that's right. From I'm not here. your Mike. I'm not your Mike. That's not my wife." That's not your wife. And That's, yeah. he was like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Um, and he's like, well, think of it this way. You know, there are a million different universes. And in every single one, I, I fucked, fucked your, your wife. wife. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make that it any better. That does not help. That does not help. And so rightfully so, Hugh takes a swing at Mike. Yeah. And, um, and then he's arguing with his wife in the kitchen. Like, why didn't you fucking tell me? And then me? all of a sudden... Another version of Mike just comes in and beats the shit out of Mike. The green glow stick version. Yeah, the green, the green glow, glow stick. stick. He it's comes the first in. time you've seen the green glow sticks. Right, and, just... and it's just, it's so funny because he just like comes in, he grabs Mike from the chair next to the seat and he just starts walloping him and he's just beating his ass and the next thing you know, you're like, did that Mike just kill that Mike? Because yeah, because he's unconscious on the He's ground. unconscious, but he only hit him twice. I mean, yeah, he only he just, like, he, ran off. And then he ran off. I mean, two punches, yeah, it could knock you out, but it's not going to fucking kill you. Yeah. You know, unless you hit, like, right right square in the temple really fucking hard with, like, your pointiest knuckle. Like, there's no way. There's no way that he killed that Mike, but he definitely, like... I, I think it's also funny that when M is, like searching around for a universe to be in you see one where it's two mics like tied up on shit right yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like of course it's Mike. right i know of fucking course. mike yeah <laughs> so this is the point in time where m decides to bounce yeah she's like you know what if i'm stuck in a un- i don't need to be here i don't belong here so i'm i'm gonna go because kevin is Dealing with Lori, who is freaking out because of blood. Yeah. You know, Lori is, like, starting to undress herself and, like, literally have a weird attack because she saw blood. Like, it, she's a freaking drama queen, twat, muffin, I fucking hate her. And, um, Kevin is, Kevin is focusing on Lori. And so, rightfully so, Em is like, I don't need, I don't, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be here. Um... This is not where I belong. So she decides to walk outside and play play roulette. Yep. So she is walking around outside, and you see her go to four or five different places. One, like Tyler said, there's one where there's two mics tied up because that mic obviously lost his shit entirely <laughs> and was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go get some all the mics and just tie them up. Or like those or, mics decided to come to there. and they... Or what happened in the previous one happened, but this time they were able to subdue the mic right. that showed up. Right. And then in another one, she, she sees herself, you know, kind of freaking out about it and people trying to console her. And she's like, no, get the fuck away from me. And then in another one, Kevin has his arm around Lori. She's not even there. And so she's like, um, I don't want to be here. And so ultimately what she does is she just decides to choose the one where she sees her and Kevin happiest being the happiest. And it's this house where they're all sitting in the living room. They're all having drinks. They're all having a good time. Obviously nobody from this dimension has left the house. Like we had said earlier. And so what she does is she, creates a chain of events that has happened in the dimensions that she has visited and she smashes Hugh's windshield 
and with the bot with the bat that mm-hmm. was outside because they never needed to go get the bat. Yeah. So the bat is just chilling outside. So she's like, okay. Okay, I'm going to use this. Hey, desert creature. I'm moving her because... She she's going to freaking... Yeah, she ruined. was clicking the mouse. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is like one step away from... Ruining the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, for fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, she really likes being up on my desk, I, I swear. Yeah. Um, so she takes the bat and she causes a distraction that has happened in the other dimensions that she had been in and breaks Hugh's windshield. As everybody's coming out, they do exactly what had happened. They're like, okay, everybody else, check your cars. Mm-hmm. And while that version of her is checking her car and is in getting the ring, she does the chloroform rag or the ketamine rag and throws her in the trunk, puts the ring on, puts the sweater on that that version is wearing, mm-hmm. comes in from the door to nowhere, and everybody's like, oh, there you are. We were looking for you. She's like, oh, you know, you know I was just grabbing the ring and... Um, her and Kevin hug and everything's all peachy keen and they're like, why did you come in from over there? She's like, oh, well, you know, the view of the comet is really, really great out there. And so they all decide to go out on the porch and look at the comet and then the power goes out mm-hmm. and then it comes back on. Like, like it's it's very instantaneous. It's out for maybe five seconds and then boom, the power's back on. Yeah, the power goes out. They're like, oh, this is so much better. And the power comes on. Like, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this M who has seen the comet plenty, she's like, I don't need to see that comet anymore. And this is the cause of all my problems. Um, she's waiting inside while everybody else is outside looking at the comet. And the M that she had ketamined and thrown in the trunk has crawled into the house. And goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. She sees the other M go to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom herself. And she obviously had never seen Zombieland because she doesn't fucking double tap. She takes the lid of the toilet tank and knocks herself out. Or knocks the other M out. And somehow in this brawl, her ring has fallen off. Yes. Which is weird because when she puts it on, you see her struggle to put it over the knuckle. So there's no way there's when she puts it on in the car, it seriously, she has to like force it over one of her knuckles. Mm-hmm. There's no way that in just one, and it's not even like a, a bat swing it's of like the, it's not even a bat swing of the, the toilet tank. It's literally just like her holding it linear and just like popping her in the face with it. Mm-hmm. It's not anything crazy there's not a huge struggle and for some reason her ring pops off so she's looking at it she's looking at the ring she realizes that her ring is gone and she shoves the other m into the bathtub and pulls the ring off of her but her ring is on the ground and she cleans up her mess uh closes the curtain everything she walks out and then she passes out and then she wakes up yeah, so she wakes up. God damn, she is relentless. Will you fucking figure it out? Well, when she went out, she literally just popped down out, out there <sighs> when you close the door. But anyway, uh, she passes out and wakes up on the couch the next morning. And she's understandably a little bit freaked out. She's like, oh shit, did have, what happened to the other Did M? somebody find the other M? Cause... And so she starts walking up on the bathroom and she starts seeing the knobs start to kind of twist and everything Well, she starts going to the kitchen and mm-hmm. then 
Lee is in the kitchen doing dishes and she's like, oh, hey, you're up. You know, I'm glad yeah. to see it. I'm going to make breakfast. It'll be done in about five minutes. And then she turns around to the bathroom. And then she sees that the knob is kind of jiggling and out walks Beth, who had just gotten out of the shower. Right. So obviously that, that M-, M is gone. And yeah. we don't at this point, you're like, did all the dimensions just kind of converge converge did they get back to where they were supposed to be or what happened to this other end yeah yeah and so she's kind of freaking out and she gets the idea to go out to her car and she goes to check her trunk and the other m is not there and kevin walks out uh to kind of because he was out i think checking his car or something, something like yeah. that and, and he's like you okay a- babe you walk you passed out you were like mumbling in your sleep you know like whatever yeah. and then all of a sudden he gets a call well then he hands her the ring he oh, hands yeah. her the ring he's like we found this on the bathroom floor and so she has the ring on her finger she grabs the other ring and now you have two rings in the camera yeah so and then he gets a call and he's like huh that's odd you're calling me which is also weird because her phone broke yeah well, no, just the screen broke. Or did the whole phone break? She was unable to use it because the screen broke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, it must have not have broken in that dimension. Well, he answers it, and then obviously he hears her on the other line, and she must be spouting some weird shit like... Don't trust that other M. Yeah. There's another one of me or something right. like that. When she looks at her, and he's all freaked out, and she just kind of looks at him, and then it just... That's the end. Black. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. You're fucking left. You're fucking left with a dingleberry that will never go away. I think it was a good ending, actually. I hated it. I hated it. I mean, I get why they it, ended it that it's, way. I it's really, kind of really like the do. Inception ending where you don't know for sure how things ended. Right. Well, I mean, you and you know, we talked about it for about 20 minutes after the movie <laughs> ended. You know, and Parker was like, "Stop talking and leave it for the podcast." And we're like, <laughs> we're "Like, we can say it again. It's fine." But it really, like, this movie, this plot, this story would do so fucking well as a series not like a long form series but like maybe at most like if they took if they took five dimensions and made an episode for each five dimensions and then another five where all of a sudden they're intertwining and then you end it weird you know whatever but it you know a 10 episode series would be fucking phenomenal well like they could do an episode on just hue and a mirror yeah and every time it like changes scenes like they're wearing a different glow stick or something like that so that you know it's two different ones that you're looking at and it's just all the wacky shit that they did while they were out together right, right. Yeah. but i don't i don't think this could be a long form series this is maybe like a mini series type thing maybe 10 episodes max but honestly though I could be all right. Like you said, you know, you don't like the ending because you don't know how things kind of ended. But you could easily just use like another 15, 20 minutes of footage and just have them in the same shot and then cut it then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Just confirming like that they are literally physically both in the same universe. So one universe is missing an M. Yeah. There's probably several because this is probably not the only one that's done this. Right. So, I mean, M is the only one who decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take my fate into my own hands. Yeah. Except for Mike. (laughs) And see, the thing that was weird was I recall the original time I saw this, 
that she kills the other M in the bathroom and everybody else hears the commotion is starting to bang at the door and she's just freaking out on the bathroom floor with the dead version of her like pooling blood on the bathroom floor and that's when it cuts. That's what I recall. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler watched this in another dimension. And I'm not sure if I'm just making shit up here like I'm, you know, remembering something that didn't actually happen. Or if there's different alternate or, endings. Or if there's alternate yeah. endings. But and also, so, like, I, I also read that there was a few scenes that were shot about six months later mm. that they had to reshoot. So maybe there there is alternate endings. You know, maybe. for the one on Prime that we saw and the two, the both times that I watched it had the same ending. So, And but, so my theory is that if I got on and scrubbed to the end, maybe it was a different, would be a different one because it's a different account. Right. Don't know. Yeah. Haven't checked. Yeah. But I mean, for, I mean, according. Let's check it after we end this episode. Yeah. And just to verify. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's, it's a, we probably confused you if you had never seen the movie. So once again. This is a bunch of crazy shit happening all at once. And it's, and it, it was shot chronologically, but it's not chronological. Yeah. It really is not. It is absolutely mind-blowing bonkers and honestly it's probably going to be put in my top 15 yeah i absolutely fucking love this movie i love this and see movie. when we were watching it both you and parker had this look of what the fuck well you had, to me it looked like you guys were like Okay, how long is this movie? When is this going to be well, over? So it looked like you had a like a bored face on, and you described it to me as that was just like you were guys were really invested mm-hmm. because I had seen it before, so I wasn't as like, you know, I can look over and see you guys watching it, but I was like, did I just like flub on the pick? Mm-mm. Because Absolutely I've been pretty not. good so far about uh, picking movies that except for the thing, except for the thing, which is. It's still weird that you didn't like the thing, but uh, I've been pretty good. Yeah. And so I was kind of getting a little bit doubtful of myself. No, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like, the first time we watched it, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is interesting. This is good. It's, it's, it keeps you interested. That is for sure. And see, the thing is, is your dad was saying. He he only, he could only watch the first 20 minutes. And I told him, I was like, you got to get past that 20 minutes because, and this movie. It's just a dinner party movie at that point. This movie is only an hour and a half long. Yeah. We are at an hour and a half of talking about it. Yeah. And. The runtime is 89 minutes. We did not even really do it justice. Really. Uh, Like we, like we. I said it at the beginning. We are not going to do this movie justice. You have to watch it. You have to watch this film. It is the first time I watched it. You know, I Tyler's probably not wrong. I probably did look bored a few times. And in that first 20 minutes, you are kind of bored. Yeah, you are. And then because it's just a bunch of friends talking just non right. And then after that and shit starts happening, you're like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And then you're like, how is this going to end? And then at the ending, you're like, what the fuck? But also, <laughs> the second time I watched it, I was a lot more invested. I was like, okay, I really got to pay attention because yeah. I missed this, this this first time. I missed this the first time. I missed this the first time. And 
I know that I'm going to watch it again multiple times. Pay attention to the box next time. What's in the box? Pay attention to the random object that's in the box. Because you see several throughout the movie. Well, you see you see sock monkey. You see ping pong paddle. You see coaster. You see coaster. You see stapler. You see you see napkin. If I you recall, know, you... uh, there is a scene where they open the box and the the item that was in there before that they had seen was not hey. the same. Was not in there. Sorry, one of the cats is screwing with the uh, blinds in my room. Because she is a total biatch. You have ruined so many blinds. Yeah, she likes to peer out windows like the fucking Batman in Gotham. And so she... Right, she's broken at least three different blades of blinds. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not replacing those. Um, but yeah, she'll fucking screw up blinds like yeah. no other. But no, I mean, after but, watching it a second time... Yeah. It's definitely, definitely made my top 15. Yeah. One of the things I recall, though, with those random items is that there's a moment where they open up the box another time and it's acting like this is the same box. But when they pull out the random item, it's different. Mm -hmm. But everybody kind of rolls along with it like it's always been like that. Right. Right. Well, because they don't want to they don't want to admit that they're not where they're supposed to be. Well, no, it's they got the box and they open it up and they're like, why is this in here the first time? But when they come back, they open it up a second time like they're doing, they're just examining the stuff again. But no one looks confused or surprised that it's a different item or anything. Mm -hmm. They just kind of roll with it. Yeah. Like the first time it's a ping pong panel and I think the second time it is the sock monkey. Mm -hmm. And they're, they just kind of roll with it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a fucking trip, man. This when this movie came out, this was the movie that dad would not stop talking about. Yeah. He's like, I've seen this movie like six times this month alone. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you must really fucking like this movie. But this movie is great. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't blame dad. I don't, I don't, I don't blame yeah. him at all. It's a freaking rockin' movie. Like the first time, the first time I was like, meh, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Second time I was like, fuck, this movie is so good. And what did I miss the second time? Because I know that I missed a bunch the first time. So what did I miss the second time? So there's another movie that's similar to this in that it's a low budget kind of indie film type thing. And it has that kind of mindfuckery to mm -hmm. it. And it's Primer. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -mm. So Primer is a time travel movie. Okay. These two guys, they make a time machine. It's just this box that you get into. And when you want to travel, you just sit in the box for a period of time. And then when you come out of the box, that's how much time has passed in reverse. Mm -hmm. And so they play the stock market and everything. But they keep doing it over the same period of time. And so there's several versions of them in the box. And so one of the things that uh, people get hung up about is, what version of these guys are we looking at right now? Right. Because it's at one point there's like six or seven different versions of them, hmm. but I, I feel like coherence is a little bit more upfront with the mind fuckery than Primer was. Right. No. And so let me just before we before we finish, let me just let me just give a shout out to the cast here because I do believe that they deserve it. Oh yeah, they were amazing. So we have Emily Baldoni as Emily or M, um, Maurice Sterling as Kevin, 
Nicholas Brendan as Mike. Okay, it is Mike. <laughs> I feel like I've seen uh, Maury, Maury Sterling, Sterling let's before. See. He was in Batman The Killing Joke, Outbreak, Smoking Aces, Star Wars. The, oh, it might that's, have been Smoking Aces. He was in Homeland. Okay. Um, okay, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in NCIS New Orleans for a couple episodes. Yeah, no, I mean he's mainly he's mainly voices. But well, I've, I've seen Batman: The Killing Joke, fucking fantastic, yeah. by the way. Yeah, he's in that. Um, and then let's see, we have Nicholas Brendan as Mike, who was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Psycho at a Beach Party. He was in um, Criminal Minds. Hmm. Lorene Scafaria as Lee, who actually is more of a um, writer and a producer than she is an actor. She was in Hustlers and uh, Seeking a Friend for, for the, the end, end of the World. Good movie. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Grayson as Beth. Hugo Armstrong as Hugh. Alex Manuguan. Yeah, probably said that so wrong as Amir. And Lauren Maher, Mayor, Mar, whatever, as Lori. Um, Mayor? Yeah. Uh, she is in three of the Pirates of the Caribbeans. She's the wench that keeps uh, slapping Johnny Depp or Captain Jack Sparrow. That's pretty funny. Um, Makes that's, sense. Yeah, because she is a wench. Um, it's a... Uh, it's this cast a, is great. They have amazing improv skills with what they did. And they have great chemistry with each other, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, it's 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 a fucking movie. It's it's a, it's a great film. I am very happy that you recommended it. I am. I, I I love it when I throw these recommendations out and you've absolutely never heard of these movies, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh my god, that was fucking amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, you. You haven't heard of this movie? Oh, my God. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I mean, this movie doesn't even really have a rating. Because yeah, it it's does. so independent. No, it doesn't. It's not rated. Oh, <laughs> like, you mean like... Like, like okay, yeah. PG, okay. PG-13. This would probably it, be PG-13. Would no, be it wouldn't. Guess. It would be rated R. There's like seven F-bombs. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there, so there's... There, but between the F-bombs and just the thriller factor, it would be rated R. Okay, I didn't think um, about that. Yeah. I, I was thinking, well, there's really only bad language and then some violence, but mm-hmm. that's about it. And then I didn't think about the F-bomb thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're with only PG-13, allowed to... You only one. One, yeah. But there's multiple. So it would be rated R for language, basically, and then also mild scare tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is... I mean, it's not. it's not... It's not that scary. Um, my, it's more of a psychological, just suspense. Right. Type it's thing. more of a what the fuck. Yeah. You know, it's a. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's in, it's incredible. I'm sad that I had never heard of it before. I'm surprised that I had never heard of it before. I'm sad that my one of my fellow humans that I share the the love of media with, who is my father, says that he couldn't get through it. And I think that I might just force him down and tape his eyes open and make him get through it and make him appreciate it. And I, I let you guys know when we started, it's like... It's B-movie. It, well, no, I, I let you guys know, like, okay, it starts with the dinner party, but then it'll escalate mm-hmm. from there. So you just got to get through it. And yeah. it was the same thing with, like, the shots and stuff. The the editing and the everything around the dinner party 
is kind of jarring. It's very choppy. choppy. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, it opens up once they finally get to the main events. Right. It's just when they're at the dinner party, just kind of bullshitting. You know, that's just, it, it's, yeah. it's a little, it's, it's a little, you can tell that it's only a $50,000 budget. It's in, at least in those first few scenes, it's, it's, I don't even care about how big the budget was. It's, I freaking love this movie. I love it. You know, what's great is that, that glass, that kind of goblet or whatever, they had to shoot the one with the broken one last. Yeah. So they had to go into it thinking, okay. We need to put this in so many different shots, mm-hmm. and then we need to break it at some point. Right. And that first time you see it is when it's broken. Right. Well, the second time you see it, because okay, Lori's yeah. the one drinking out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then um, it's broken when they come inside. They're like, when did that break? We didn't see it break. And um, But yeah, then you see Lee washing it a few times, or a time, and then you see it in a couple other scenes, and you're like, wait a second, wasn't that broken just a few minutes ago? Yeah. And that's when you realize that maybe you're jumping from timeline to timeline. Um, and that's that, to me, because there's some ambiguousness to that, that's why I think the end that you're watching isn't always the same one. Right. Because she never calls attention to it Mm -mm. she doesn't really call attention to much like she realizes something and if she does she does it quietly yeah but that's the thing is there's a lot of times where they just kind of go along with things Mm -hmm. and i think things like that where the last shot uh that they probably filmed was the broken version they probably didn't let them know that they were going to do that right so that no one would question it that it would just seem like oh well, of course that thing is not broken because mm-hmm. we never saw it get broken. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I loved it. I'm I'm happy you recommended it. I'm happy we watched it. I will probably watch it a 10. few more. Not a 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, no, definitely not a 10 out of 10. Even my favorite movie doesn't have a 10 out of 10. That's fair. Um, I would say the thing that brings it down from a 10, at least for me, is not the ending as it probably does for you. Yeah. But it's the first, like, 15 20 minutes so it's a combination of those two um when it comes to like fun factor it's like a 9.3 like it's up there like it it's it it keeps you on your toes man if you get past those 20 minutes you're like oh my gosh what am i what do i need to pay attention to here and it's it's crazy but um but the thing is there are some things said during the dinner party part that are important. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a completely irrelevant, you know, sequence of events those first 20 minutes. Things do get mentioned that do come up later on. Mm-hmm. And so you do kind of need to pay attention to it, but you wouldn't know that the first viewing. Right. No, you you have to watch it more than once. You can watch it once and then listen to this. Obviously, we're at the end, so if you're here and you haven't seen it, you're probably like, what the fuck are these two fucking crackheads talking about? You really, really should have watched this movie before you listen to this. If you're already this far, then maybe we'll help you understand it a little bit more, I guess. Um, It'll at least give you an idea that the first time going in, like, pay attention to everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely pay attention to everything, and I hope that we helped you see what you need to keep an eye out for. Um, But if you if you're 
you know, we did not new... talk necessarily in the same order that it shows up on the movie. No, no, we did. Like, we did not talk chronologically. Bit. We, you know, we jumped around quite a bit. Um, so good luck with that confusion. Yeah. Share us <laughs> your thoughts. Do you think there needed to be at least like an extra 20 minutes at the end? Right. Do you think it should have been like a multi-episode little miniseries or what? I think it should have been a miniseries. I think it would have been really, all right, really but I don't do. think it should have been particularly long of a miniseries. Like, I I was content with how it is now. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. To me, it's the same kind of ending as, like, Inception, where there's, you know, one way or the other. I only got about halfway through Inception. Not because I didn't want to. You didn't just see who... the classic Hollywood ending? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No. no. That was, like, one of the biggest things that people loved about Inception is it was a purely original idea for once at, in a time where there was just a bunch of sequels going everywhere. And then the end, um, I don't really want to spoil it for you. No, that's all right. That's all right. Don't spoil it for me. I plan on watching it at some point, especially finishing it. Cause I just, fin- I just watched it probably over a year ago and had to turn it off halfway through for some reason. Um, maybe, but anyway, maybe we'll watch it this in like a month or two. Yeah. Um, what would you rate it? Uh, I would rate this at least like a 9.5. The reason yeah. why it does not get to a full 10 is because of how kind of slow those first 20 minutes are. And there are a few editing issues. There is yeah. there is a scene where you see a boom mic. There is another scene. I where actually didn't catch that. Yeah. In, in, the, in the scene when she goes into the bathroom mm. with the other M, you see a boom mic. And then there's also another scene where you see one of the production assistants talking to Lee. I know, like, like I, I read about it first, and then I saw it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch it myself, but I read about it, and then. When... Well, the other thing is, I think in both of those instances, they are not the thing that is the like. The main point. focus, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I read about it, and then once I saw it, I was like, "There they are!" <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you also have to keep in you have to keep in mind how little budget these people had. So yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, 9.5 on the overall scale, uh, fun scale, 9.5. Practicality, I, I bet, look, okay. I bet if they had, say, like double the budget, it could have been much better. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine what this would have been like if they had double the budget? Well, like Dude. for instance, the dinner party. They could have had a third camera. Well, they did have three cameras. Well, they could have had another camera to choose shots from. Right. Like, just having an extra camera. Well, also, there to it choose, didn't help uh, that they only had five days to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. A, a bigger budget, they could at least thought through some of the things more. Right. But the fact that they it was such a fucking shotgun production schedule, and they still came out with such a great yeah. movie. It speaks volumes to the actors, to the producers, to, to the director, and to the editors. Like, this is, it's, regardless of what you know about film regardless of what you think a film should look like this is a rocket film oh yeah 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 I, it's 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 amazing yeah highly recommend free on amazon prime if you have a prime amazon account prime only rates this as like a 7.2 well that's what that's what imdb has it as too oh, that might have been what it yeah uh but yeah the fact that it's rated so low is stupid amazon only has a five stars rating, oh, okay. so it's then, probably yeah. like a then it was th- probably like, the IMDb yeah then. yeah but IMDb only rates it that low, which is weird. I mean, it's not really that low. If it's over five stars, then it's at least okay. You yeah. know, it's 7.2 is pretty good. I bet on Rotten Tomatoes, it has probably 
a really high audience score but a really low critic score yeah probably because i mean critics have to look at certain things and then they notice certain things and whatever well, like they're gonna rap and moan about the cinematography mm. for that first 20 minutes right right all right well that's it that's coherence what did we decide for next time i don't think we decided so i'm just gonna make a judgment call here and choose it since you chose the last one fair I'm going to go with another kind of independent, but a little bit more well-known, um, SLC Punk. Okay. Never seen that one. Yep. Yep. It has a Matthew Lillard. Okay. Um, and a few other actors that you may know, but they're not coming to mind currently, but it has Matthew <laughs> Lillard in it. Um, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's also in my top 15. Hmm. Um, it's so i wonder what what co- what did coherence bump out of the top 15 <laughs> i'll let you know all right i'll let you know next week our three listeners i'll let you know <laughs> yep but we'll be back next week with um our i think our second to last deep ellum brewery beer i think this was our yeah, second, second to last, last tubs yeah. so we have one more tubs to do and then we have two more, two deep, more elms. deep elms and then after that we'll uh, figure out what we'll do but We'll be back with uh, another Deep Ellum beer and SLC Punk next week. And go watch Coherence. If you haven't watched it already, Fucking do it. Do it. It is. And watch it more than once. Yeah. Watch it more than once. You have to. Um, a few days apart. Don't watch it like consecutively. Right yeah. yeah. Um, give, your, give yourself some time to process. To digest a little bit of yeah. what you just watched. Um, it's it's in cra- it's crazy insane it's good and i appreciate tyler for recommending it and if um dad is still listening to our episodes thank you for bringing it into our lives so um yeah, i think he said he saw it like on netflix or read about it in like a blog that he mm-hmm. did we'll have when to let him know that, that we reviewed it so he can listen to this yeah mm-hmm. uh he went and saw it and he was like oh my god this is fucking amazing yeah yeah it's it's really good really good but yeah uh that's it for send help all we have in the desert is beer and movies podcast for this week give us a follow on instagram at send help underscore beer and movies and on twitter at send underscore bam and like us on facebook at send help all we have in the desert is beer and movies colon podcast and then uh if you feel the need to send us an email for a review uh, movie recommendations or beer recommendations it is sendhelpbam at gmail.com yes and we are exclusively on spotify or on anchor so go ahead and give us a follow on spotify rate us on spotify Let's we are get our... working on expanding but yeah. it'll probably be a little bit longer um, um if you noticed on, on the last episode he i didn't put a thumbnail of from the movie he just used our thumbnail that i and had i thrown suspect together. That, that might be the reason why yeah because apple is fucking anal when it comes to that yeah. shit yeah yep so go ahead and uh give us a like on spotify start following us on spotify um the more that you know tell your friends about us I I know that we have a few people that do listen to us that know us personally. So word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Get it out. Get us out there, bud. Everybody has a podcast that they want you to listen to. Mm -hmm. Make us that podcast. Right. Right. And unless you don't think that we're that good, then don't. So, you know, but we like to think that we're all right. Yeah. 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 All right. I I have to listen to every episode. So. So do I. I I listen to it to at least, you know, know what I have to work on, what you have to work on. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll see you next week with SLC Punk and another Deep Ellen Brewery. All right. Woo! Mm, Bye.